Welcome to the Whatnot Podcast, where we put the what into whatnot live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Good evening. It's Wednesday at 9 o'clock. This is the Whatnot Podcast. I'm Mike Z. I am Chris, and my eardrums are busted. (laughs) (laughs) And with us tonight is Nick from Stated Woods Company. Nick, thank you for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. We are glad you're here. Let me go ahead and oh, I know. We expect you to be able to reach across your shoulder and point where you are on the map. Yeah, it's <laughs> behind you. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. You see it? Close enough. We'll take it. North. All that right. was North America. That was good. Yeah, that was right. above the uh, equator. That is your uh, top of your screen there. Exactly. Wow. So, I'm well, there. I'm going to have to cut my uh, sound down a little bit. That was uh, some bass kicking in my ears during that uh, little intro there, Michael. I and haven't now, changed the music. I apologize. No, no, it was all me. I, and and I almost missed the recipe for uh, Nobby Buns. So yeah, I was trying was, to read that. It went by way too fast. This this podcast is going to make me fat. Brownies a couple weeks. Oh, wait, I'm already there. Uh, anyway, welcome, everybody. Glad you could join us. This is not a podcast for those on a diet. Not at all. Not if you want recipes that are just random from hotshot movies. That's all it is. Ah, oh, yes, but we are the podcast where we put the what into what not. Thank you for joining us tonight. So, Nick, um, I'll let the door open. I'll leave the floor for you. Um, of course, there's my cat now, so now's a good time. Um, tell me a little bit about you, you know, where you come from, how you get into woodworking, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I live in North Carolina, same as these boys. Um, (laughs) I'm just outside of Pinehurst, North Carolina, which is sort of like the golf capital of of the U.S. in a way. Um, I started woodworking probably about three, four years ago, really. Um, It all sort of spun around the fact that I designed my home and uh, and had it built. And I was in the mix the entire time um, with the contractors and how to do it and learning all these kinds of things. And, and I just could not stay away. I think I was the only, the, the framing guy said that I was the only person that he's ever driven up to a house and seen the homeowner up on the roof while they were framing it. And I was like, yeah, I just want to be in it. Um, so I got the bug from that. Um, I've always been tinkering. Um, when I was little, um, I had electronics just laying around in a bucket and my mom just would throw a phone in there and I just take it apart and play with it and put it back together. It never worked again after that, but that's what I did. Um, and I grew up, uh, working in a factory. We have a family textile mill and, uh, I was part of that and took motors apart. We redesigned things. We did electrical, we did engineering stuff. I mean, everything. So I had my hands in it all the time. Um, and after doing the house and, and getting that going, I built a little shop. Uh, it was like a little one car garage in the basement and I outgrew it in about 14 days. Um, and so, so I had to, uh, rethink that and, uh, saved up for a while and finally was able to build my shop that I currently have now. So it's been a journey, but it's been a blast. And how big is that shop? It is, uh, 30 by 48. Um, it's a metal frame, uh, like aluminum building. Um, the concrete in about a week and a half and they put up the building in about two days and then they handed me the keys and i started from there i did the uh did all the flooring did all the electrical 
did the crappy insulation job that I have in there now, hung up all the lights, did all that kind of stuff myself, which was awesome. Uh, my business partner, Landon, he came over and helped me with all that. I had a bunch of friends come and help me. Um, did the plumbing. I'd never done plumbing before, really. So Landon helped me put in a sink in there and all that kind of stuff. But it's just been one thing after the other, man. Every little upgrade and little thing that I wanted to do, I did it myself. So it uh, really makes you learn your space, you know? Absolutely. Plus, and you know everything that goes on in that space, which is also nice. So if something happens, something goes wrong, you know exactly where to follow it back to. Uh, it makes it a lot easier than, you know, getting a, an older place where you have to figure out what someone else did before you. Yeah, exactly. And the key for me was that uh, I wanted to go big from the start. If you could do it, if you could save up for it, go big from the start, because um, you're never going to get smaller. You're only going to get bigger. Um, so like for my electrical, I went with the biggest panel that I could get in there um, legally. I did not go. The county doesn't know that I have that shop technically. I probably do, do now. now. So they I didn't pull that. permit. So I had to run it from my uh, from my house to the shop. So I did the biggest panel I did. But then I put electrical panels or outlets everywhere. I mean, I've got like eight 220s in there. I've got like 40 different 110 outlets. I mean, uh, you just got to think because you never know how the layout's going to be. You never know what equipment you're going to get. So I just went, I just went full out. And uh, I've, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm starting to fill up the panel and I could probably go for some more. <laughs> <laughs> But you're, but you're, what's nice about that and having that many different circuits available is that you could run several machines because you're, you call your space more of a maker co-op, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, you know, most of the time when you think of woodworkers, you're thinking about guys or girls, they're in their garage, you know, do it on the weekends or do it at late at night, you know, after the kids have gone to bed or whatever. Well, that was me for two years plus, you know, Landon would come down, we'd be like, let's do some woodworking this weekend. And we knock out a project or do something. Then I got to really thinking with the social media and the community and the way that how, you know, thriving the community of woodworking is. Um, I was like, why don't we do some things together? So my plan is to have like maker retreats, where I just invite a bunch of makers to come down and do things. We've seen a couple, you know, big influencers do stuff like that. Um, uh, there's a lot of people in the community that need little things done, but they don't have the equipment. So as long as I'm available, I love to have people come in. I'll teach them stuff. My goal is to do some classes on things. I've had people reach out and say, can you do a cutting board class? Or, you know, can you do this or that? Um, intro to woodworking classes, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, my goal was to get it from not just being me in my shop by myself but to share it with other people around me and, and people that I meet, you know, on social media, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, I think that's a, the community is already strong, but there's nothing better than having a bigger community and sharing it with people. So. Sharing it's definitely yeah. makes it the community that it has grown to be really. Yeah, absolutely. Give a little shout out to broken lid woodworks. Uh, it looks like Mr. Cal Ely is in tonight. Landon Mathers, which uh, I'm guessing that's the Landon. You that is that is the Landon Mathers. That's right. Should have gotten his picture. I didn't see that one because he uh, took over the Instagram for a little while when he went on vacation, right? He did. Yeah, yeah. He's my business partner, partner in crime. We do all kinds of things together. We went to photography school in college together, so um, we we feed off of each other on projects, but also in the videoing and things like that. So it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's good to have a partner when you uh, haul in a big old CNC in, isn't it? 
Yeah, God, I had to call in reserves for that thing. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. And in case you don't know, uh, Nick went down to help Izzy Swan, re- you know, take it off of his hands, his avid CNC. Yeah, he wasn't using it. No, he was getting a bigger one, and you needed a tractor for the one when you brought in the shop, right? If I'm not mistaken, you had a tractor inside the I shop? Did. I did. You know, it took an Izzy and a Maggie. If you haven't met Maggie, that girl is strong. She showed me up that day. But if you don't have a, an Izzy and a Maggie, you got to have a tractor. So, yeah, I had to call on the big boys. Luckily, I had one, but it was a lot. Let me tell you, those things are not light, especially with the – it had a 5 foot by 12 MD double two layer MDF boards on it. Man, that stuff's heavy. Yes. Just, just get you an extra grabo. That'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I tried. Let me tell you, those grabos won't suck through MDF though. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hold for very long, do they? Mm-mm. Nope. Not on MDF. No, but you have the grabo because you did some uh, some interesting videos on showing how you were holding. What was it that I saw you do? Was it you put a back on something? Like you yeah, held it up the, with that. Yeah, the CNC cart that I made uh, to hold a computer and everything. Um, you know, I'm in the shop by myself most of the time. Landon was there, and and he was like, "Well, I'll help you." I was like, "No, I don't need you. I got the Grabo. We're gonna do this. We're gonna show people how these things work." So yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you can pick up a a whole sheet of three quarter inch plywood, no problem. I lifted it over my shoulder. I mean, it took me a couple times because I'm a little weak now, but but you can do it. You can move it around, no problem. That thing, those things are amazing. And Izzy Swan is figuring out all kinds of ways to uh, to use them. And uh, but man, I love that thing. Yeah, that's looks like it would be very handy. As soon as I saw you putting the back on a cabinet, I was like, now that that's crafty right there, because that's probably one of the harder things to get lined up. And if you have something, you can hold it right in the center without putting a hole in there. That's that's great. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No double sided tape. No nothing. I mean, it's just easy peasy. I can't wait to take it to Lowe's or Home Depot and go to the box store and buy plywood and people are going to be like, whoa, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to do a tool review uh, competition. You you get a grabo from Izzy. I'll call JP, see if he can hook me up with some uh, armor, uh, not armor, uh, Viking arms. And uh, we'll we'll see which one does better at lifting uh, backs onto cabinets and whatnot. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you that Gravo, man, it's awesome. And I have, I've used it a lot, a ton, and the battery hasn't died yet. I mean, it comes with two batteries and this thing is a beast. I love it. Is it rechargeable? It is. It okay. is. You just cool. pop the battery off and there's a plug goes right into it. And yeah, they send you with two of them and then it sends you with two, um, or at least mine came with two uh, suction pads because you know you got to make good contact on the, on the surface. So it comes with two of those and two batteries. Things that, it's awesome nice yeah great invention well i'll I'll say this you know i've kind of watched you for a while and and you know not in a weird way but just you know watched <laughs> your channel in a while and um you know you you've you've done it the right way you you haven't gone in with you know cheap stuff and cheap tools and and tried to skimp on you know because of money you you said you know what i'm gonna get the right tool and i'm not gonna have to get another one and yeah. that's a huge mistake that a lot of woodworkers make is they say, well, okay, so I have this small budget. I'm going to use many different tools within this budget that I can. And so, you know, you having that understanding of the right tool is going to last you and you won't have to buy another one then, you know, so that's a good way. I give you kudos on that. It's, it's, uh, it's nice to see, you know, some, some young people coming on with some, some passion for woodworking and a willing to, you know, get the right tool for the job. 
Yeah. I mean, it definitely takes some, uh, some time to get, you know, I mean, some of these tools are not, not cheap and you can obviously buy, I mean, some of these, you could buy multiple tools for the price of the same, you know, one tool. Um, but you're right. I'm one of those guys that if I can swing it and I can save for it, why buy the same thing twice when you can just buy the right one the first time, you know, yep. it's just like every job, every job takes the correct tool. Don't waste your time using the wrong tool. So yeah, I love it. Well, then um, if you uh, spend the money on the cheap tool and then eventually have to buy the, the more expensive version of that, you basically just add it to the cost of the expensive version. Yeah, exactly. Just to get the expensive up front. Well, I mean, like my, my first table saw was a terrible, it was probably a 1980 Ryobi table saw. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. And uh, I mean, it got the job done, but it just was not reliable. And a lot of times in woodworking, you want, I mean, to make good quality stuff, you want to be reliable on your cuts, your measurements, everything. So some things you can skimp on, some things you can't. Like the CNC, like right now, since I'm learning, I'm skimping on some of the bits. I'm buying some cheaper bits. But once I, you know, get through that phase of breaking all these bits and, uh, and I have some confidence in myself, then I'll start getting the bigger, more expensive ones. But now which software are you looking at using for that? So the CNC right now I'm using Vetric. That's what came with it with Izzy. Gotcha. Now, have you heard of learnyourcnc.com where <laughs> you can learn Vetric for at a low price? Yes. I had not, that was a good segue, man. Holy cow. Hey, uh, by the way, Kyle, what's up, dude? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sponsored yet? <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, we we actually Chris has taken it, and uh, we had uh, two podcasts on basically, you know, starting out with CNC and everything. So you know, going with the cheaper, or, you know, the cheaper bits. But um, the way that he taught Vetric makes it to where you don't have to start buying those cheaper bits. Well, the only reason I have I had one or two cheaper bits is because I was being very impatient in my screw locations. And that's mm. the only reason I've broken a bit is because we ate right through a screw. Um, so that's the only one I have broken so far. But yes, I have seen the website. I am going to purchase and, and jump on that. And <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. I am going to jump on that because, I mean, that sounds like a great platform to learn on. And, uh, and you can come back to it again and again, I think. Yeah. So, you, yeah. you go as you, you set your own pace. So if you want to rush through it, you can. If you want to go back and catch something, maybe you missed. Absolutely. The way he has it set up, I'm, we keep telling him he's he's crazy for not charging more because you could easily go through that and be coming out the other side pristine. But his his followers that he has, the people who have taken the course, they back him 100%. They, yeah. It's really, that's a really cool community. Yeah. He paid us awesome. in friendship. Yes, he did. I'll say shh. <laughs> yeah, there, there's going to be poor, some poor woodworker schmuck in a year that's going to be like watching this episode and he's going to be like wait a minute wait, this this thing's way out of proportion now why why did you tell him to go up on the price <laughs> yeah so it's because uh, right now he's offering every bit of vetric in that one low price so you can do everything from the what cut 2d is it called chris mm -hmm. Yeah. all the way up to aspire so i mean that the, all of that's included and so if you're starting out and then you get better each one of those courses are all included in it which is i think that's pretty cool yeah that's totally awesome i'm, I'm gonna definitely jump on it because i mean that's what i've been doing right now is watching a lot of youtube videos reaching out to friends that have you know cncs but i, I need a i need a way of learning that cncs for dummies maybe that's what i need well i'll give you this advice 
uh, don't use Izzy Swan's uh, feeds in speed. Those yeah. are those are not for the uh, weak of faint of heart. Let me just tell you. So and I I've, know, I've I've, I've, I've I, seen him even post stuff. Okay, now I'm running this bit way faster than it ought to, but I'm in a hurry, so I got to get it done. I don't care if I go through five of them. I just got to get it done. <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't know if he wants me to say this or not, but he gave us like a thirty. Like I had never seen a CNC in action. I've never run one, right? And he gave us like a thirty thirty five minutes reel on like how to run it how to run Vetric and how to run Mach 3s, which is what we're using to run it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, he started talking about feeds and speeds because that was my question. I was like, I'm, I'm going to break bits because I'm going to have it running way too fast, moving too slow, pushing it. You know, I'm going to break them. And he was like, well, here's a little secret. You run it and you bump it up until the, the bit starts screaming just a little bit, and then you're good to go. I was like, I don't know if that's really an educated <laughs> way of doing it, but... That's what he said. So that's why I run with it. I literally, we were playing with it the other day and we started running something. And Landon was like, man, that's screaming. I was like, all right, we're set then. <laughs> well, good for JP. His wife just greenlighted the CNC machine. So he's now he's officially in the market. I know where you can learn the software at. Would that be at learnyourcnc.com? <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. So what we do with this, just so you know, Nick, <laughs> is that we just have fun with it. Hey. Because we it. get we don't get paid anything. I know it looks like we do, but we don't. We just actually think that it's a great platform for anyone to learn Vetricon. And so therefore, and and Kyle's such a nice guy that we just enjoy, you know, just just having fun. So and and I know where you can buy the C and C. Where would that be at? <laughs> Call him. Oh, Chris, yeah. Chris, I hope you out. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. You're welcome, but, Kyle. Thanks for joining us and staying up late to to hang out with us tonight. Yeah, I mean, it it, it learning a new CNC. I would say the hardest part. It, it's the software is tricky, but if you got any, you know, you young people pick it up pretty quick. The hardest part is dialing in feeds and speeds. I mean, it's just like the most insane thing. And just when you think you got it figured out, you use a different piece of wood, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. You know, so, you know, I'm used to, I've been doing a lot of MDF myself and, and, uh, and some plywood and I did Babinga for, um, one of the guys at work, I did a project for him and oh my God, I thought, I thought, man, I'm going to, I'm going to break my machine. I had to drastically dial down the feed rate. Then I had to drastically reduce the, the depth per cut. And it's like, wow, this Babinga is nasty, but yeah. Price you pay and lessons you learn, but it's fun. You know you you'll have a blast with it, and if nothing else, you know eventually I'll see you with those uh, composite staples, and you'll be doing just like Izzy and nailing everything down that way. Yeah, yeah. Right now I've just been screwing everything to the MDF board. You know I didn't do any track system or anything like that. It's just straight flat MDF, and uh, it's worked well. I mean I've had a couple projects slip on me, you know, and it's usually okay. I can fix it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And you do, you learn a lot very quickly. You know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, it looks so complicated from the outside, you know, and, and then you have clients, they're like, Oh, you just put a piece of wood on there and print something out. I'm like, no, it's not that easy either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really, it looks complicated on the outside, but it's really not once you get into it and you sort of realize how it works and, and what to do. And I mean, we've only had ours up and running maybe, eight, 10 weeks, 
and we've learned a ton from it, but mm. we still have a long ways to go. Oh, that's pretty funny. Live with Whatnot QVC. That's how Mike Rowe got his start, <laughs> so don't know. <laughs> Uh, listen, John, you'll be on here in a couple of weeks, so uh, mm-hmm. we'll make sure your your episode is, <clears throat> we'll we'll work through some stuff for you. Absolutely. Something special. Yeah, I'm, for Nick, I've got the banner going up at the top there for him, so it's constantly State of Woods Co. Yeah, looks good. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, by the way, sponsored? Sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, all right, so we'll get back to, all right, so let's talk about, if, if you guys are ready to switch gears a little bit, we'll talk about the um, some of the stuff that you make. Yeah. Because this is yeah. all prior to the CNC work, right? Everything on your website? Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything is. Um, I basically all my projects are right now. They're really what I want to do. You know, I've had a couple client builds. I haven't done a lot of client projects. Um, I would love to figure out a way to not do a lot of client projects and still just do, you know, things that I want to do. Um, it's going to take a little bit of client work to, you know, get things up and running full time and do content and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's all just fun stuff that and the thing about me and the shop and and even Landon, like I don't ever do anything the same twice, you know, and I don't, I don't want to get to that repetition. Like the CNC, I can do some batch products and things like that. That's going to be perfect. But my actual everyday projects, I want to be able to challenge myself and I want to be able to learn something different. So it, it may not look like it from my feed, but every project that I do, it's something new, something different and something that I didn't think I really could do. So yeah, they're a blast. And that's 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 kind of the whole point, I think, to woodworking, no matter which avenue you take, is to find something that you look at it and you say, you know, I want to try that. I want to attempt. And then yeah. challenge yourself on on doing it at the same time. Yeah. For for instance, and 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 I know you just had this experience, so I'll I'll, I'll bring this into the mix. Sometimes when you try to do an interesting project, you then have to stop and build something completely different just for that project. Yeah. So like the, uh, the net you just made. Yeah. You learned a little bit on that project, did you? Yeah. I learned a ton. It was so much fun. So much fun. But yeah, you're right. I did a fly fishing net. It was called a landing net, um, for a buddy at the, at the office. And, uh, I wanted to do steam bending or bent lamination. And so I had to build a steam box for it, which was another whole side project that was just a blast. And we've used it several times already uh, now that we have it. And God, it's just so much fun. It's such a simple design, uh, easy idea to follow, but it's just something that you got to do to get to your end result of the project you want to go with. So we've got the steam box that you built on the left side of the screen here. Yeah. And your custom chop saw box. I, I really do like this box. Yeah, that, that was a really fun project. So just like anybody else's shop that has a miter saw and a chop saw is the thing makes dust and nobody, I mean, I don't have a Capex, you know, from Festool. So nobody that I know of can really handle the, the sawdust coming off of these things. So I designed and built this little dust shroud um, and it works, it works unbelievably perfect. You know, I have it not far away from my Laguna P flux. So it's got a lot of suction and I can increase the suction even more too by putting some more blast gates on things. But I mean, it works really well. And I, to be honest with you, I'm going to do a video at some point here soon. I've had that dust shroud on there for probably six months, maybe eight months. And I haven't cleaned from behind it. 
at all. It'd be good to see what it's. So I'm going to see what's, what's back there. Now, obviously it's going to have some sawdust back there, you know, because such a a large volume of space back there, you're not going to get a ton of suction through it. Um, But my goal was to get the, the part the small micro particles that are floating in the air to get out of my face, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's all you ask for the big stuff the you know, the pieces, the chunks, they're still going to be back there, but that fine dust that we breathe in every single day, I just cannot stand it. So I have the, so I have two videos here lined up just for that one. I'll show the, uh, this is your fishing net that you made with the bed. Yeah, it's called a landing net, Mike, a landing right. net, landing Sorry. net. Yes. Yes. And I'm an avid fisherman here. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is that nothing actually went wrong with this project. Now, how often do you get to say that on a, especially on something that you've done for the first time before? So, I mean, th- there's little areas that I can improve on my, you know, glue seams. Some of the glue seams may have been a little bit better if I did it again, but, um, it was a blast and I've already learned from that one how to make it better next time. I'm going to make some, some CNC uh, forms that sort of clamp in and put even clamping pressure around the whole thing. So you literally just put your pieces in there, steam bend them around it, put your clamp around it, put one or two clamps on it and it'll clamp the whole entire fishing net at one time. So that's my plan. Nice. And uh, JP said he knows someone who uh, built a miter saw station that could use a dust shroud. That would be him. He just released a new video on that. Yeah. Hey, has, yeah. It fall, has it fallen apart yet? <laughs> does it fall wasn't apart it, better? What? Yeah. Wasn't that the what comment? You know, which one was going to fall apart better? Yeah. Which one's going to fall apart better? <clears throat> well, I have a whole YouTube video on that build, so it was actually a really fun build. And that video has been doing fairly decent for, for our little tiny channel. So what I really like about what you're doing, though, with the dust in the back is actually seeing the airflow. Because what that dust is going to tell you is where there is a negative space in that vacuum to where the dust is just kind of laying there. And then the dust starts to actually channel the rest of the dust that you're cutting in, in down the, down the chute. Mm -hmm. So what you can actually do is then take that and then kind of either machine or laminate something that you want to take up that area to make it even more efficient in the square corners. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that that, you know that hood is so large is because that uh contractor chop saw that i have it has such a long uh, swing radius with it being a sliding uh miter saw so it had to be big and and that's a lot of space in there to try to get suction on um so inside there is a little tiny box basically right underneath that dust uh, hose if you can see it in there um, and that's where all the suction is so there's no suction all the way at the very top it's all down at the bottom where gravity would you know, tend to pull that dust down anyway. So, um, and then it does have sort of a V design on the back, uh, to sort of channel all that suction in. But I mean, it's still a, it's almost, it's four foot, it's a four foot wide box. So that's a lot of volume to try to suck some air through. So are you going to try to, if you had to change the chop saw, would you then be able just to change the doors? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Easy peasy. Yeah, and the way that we designed, so I designed with Landon's help, we designed that miter saw stand that it's sitting on, and it has leveling feet on it. So no matter what chop saw that I get, I can always adjust the height of that table so that it is in line with the rest of the bench. Um, so, yeah, it'll work for any of them. You know, and the, the box could probably go smaller if you use one of the, like, the new little, uh, like, Delta saws or the Capex that doesn't have that big, huge slide arm in the back for all that hose. Um, I mean, you can make the box much, much smaller. 
but I'll say that the uh, gliding Bosch chop saw is probably my favorite. Yeah. Out of all the designs that I've seen, um, like I do, JP's got the new uh, Delta and I do like its look of it. I haven't tried that one, but between the Capex and the Bosch, I like the Bosch better because just that robotic arm type of movement was much smoother than the Capex. Yeah. Capex is kind of, it's, if you're doing quick <clears throat> chop jobs like trim, I wouldn't recommend it. Like if you need to turn it on and chop, it's not great for that. But if you're doing precision cuts where you turn it on and let it speed up, cause it is DC. So it's, it takes longer to spin up if you will. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I wasn't, I'm very much used to turning it on and going for it. So it all depends on your type of style, if you will. Yeah. Well, and that's an upgrade one day. I mean, that was my very first chop saw I ever bought from, you know, the box store on sale contractor oh. style. So oh, I still have that DeWalt too. So no, no, yeah. I'm just, I like the Bosch. If I could buy one to upgrade to, that'd be it for me. But I'm keeping my DeWalt that I've inherent, inherited. Yes. So no issues there at all. Yeah. Uh, but I do like this video I want to show everybody. And um, so when you're talking about, you talked about the loft dust you wanted to get out of your face. There's also dust that hits the floor. And the way that you go about cleaning the shop for me was probably one of the, my favorite things that I saw you do. Yeah, I get and a lot of grief people. about it too because everybody, everybody's like, that dust is just going to fall right back down. I was like, well, I'll just charge the battery on the hoverboard and do it all over again. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's got to go somewhere. But yeah, I just open the garage door and, and all the man doors and just blow it out. I mean, it probably looks like my shop's on fire about every other week, but. You know, it is what it is. Fertilize the grass outside. Yeah. It's all good. Well, you didn't do that with the uh, 72 gallons of uh, chips that you had no. the other day. No, I did not. That, that was just way too much. And then I also thought I have a floor sweep hooked to my dust collector. And I was like, mm, could that fit? No, let's not do that. Yeah. It, it was at least 100, 120 pounds worth of sawdust coming out of that thing. So. Yeah, it was everywhere. And that's another thing. I, my dust boot on the CNC is not perfectly designed for slab flattening. And so I re- need to reinvent that. Um, well, hey, so. uh, watch, uh, uh, go sign up for the Vectric um, user group. They're having a thing uh, starting Worldwide tomorrow, th- uh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I can't remember if it's Friday or Saturday. They're having... Um, it's the it's a couple from from um a- uh, Avid actually, and they're going to be discussing how to make a proper dust boot. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I signed up for it today, but I didn't get to look at what all the courses were, and I got to figure out how I can watch it at work at the same time. The beauty is they'll they'll post them online once they're done. But but that you said that, and that made me think of that. So. Yeah. If you're no, looking I, for the website, it is UGM is in Mary.vetric.com for the user group meeting from vetric.com. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It looks like some really good courses. I saw a couple of them. I saw Sammy was talking about it on Avid's uh, page today. So I'm excited about that. And you got a new sub, by the way, JP Brown sub, because I don't think he realized just how cool you were. Well, I appreciate that. We need all that we can get right now. <laughs> Now, one of the ways that I solved my problem with the square corners in my uh, my miter box was I actually took, uh, I'm trying to remember, it was the widest flashing I could find. I think it was like 14 inches. And I basically curved it from one side of my box to the other. So it created a perfect curve in that back corner. And then I had a uh, one of those big, huge gulps that went from 4 inch to, I don't know, 12. Yeah. And so I I made sure that it kind of tapered 
as close to that 12 as I could get it. But then I went up just like you're, you're doing shingles on a house and it maintained that, that sort of curvature all the way around the back. And then when it got to the top, so when dust hits it, it kind of naturally wants to scoops kind of it out, fo follow the, follow the curve down. Yeah. So that seemed to work really well. Uh, that was sort of a, I had a piece, a couple, uh, a roll of flashing and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to try that. And it worked so well. I took it out and went and got the bigger, the wider flashing that worked even better. Yeah. Well, I may have to do that because inside that big box, there's, I mean, there's square corners and they're, they're in there deep. So that might be a, definitely something I need to upgrade on, but, but it, I'm excited to open mine up and see what all's back there. You know, get, get you some of that, uh, foil tape. If I would have got, I wish I would have gotten it. I, instead I used the duct tape. Um, but the foil tape would, um, would actually allow you to sort of seam some of those areas a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, this that, the that, current that, picture that we're showing here? Uh, close enough. Uh, yeah. Pay no attention to the outside of that box. Cause it's nothing but, uh, you know, <laughs> cattle fence is what I made that out of. Hmm. But, and, and, and shower and shower pan is my, uh, my door. So, and I even made a little dam underneath it cause underneath it chips were flying out constantly. So I took it back off and formed a little dam out of that, um, out of that flashing material so that it, it forced all the chips to the back. So yeah. let us know which one you think is a little bit more redneck. <laughs> if it is this uh, here from the crisscross crafts workshop, or if it's the stated woods company, I have a feeling I know who the winner of that one's oh. And no well, comment, no comments needed. I was not going for uh, style there. I was going for function a hundred percent. And, and it, it started work. out being made out of all uh, materials I had on hand. So, and it shows. Yeah. yeah. It works. Whatever makes you happy, whatever works. Well, that as long doesn't as I don't make have me to wear happy. a mask. Yeah. If I don't have to wear a mask while doing a chop saw, man, I'm happy. I don't care. <laughs> Part of the Wood Whatnot uh, podcast does not recommend uh, abstaining from any safety items on your face, eyes, ears, or anywhere else. Please use all safety according to the rules and regulations of the manufacturer of your tool. That was what really well done. Yeah, you guys are so pro, man. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> <sighs> that has become a thing now, and I just enjoy it. I use it all the time. I overuse it. I don't care. Is that Chris hides his moonshine? Yeah, no, he he has that sitting right out on the CNC at all times. Yeah, it's uh, keep it in a true wine bottle. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. All right. Oh, I know what we could talk about. Because telling you, if you didn't know Nick before, you will know everything he's involved in. He does a lot of stuff. So we have that. We have, let's see, trays. Yeah. So these are all hand or are these off the CNC? No, that's, the, that's actually the first product I pushed off the CNC. So I had some cherry laying around at the house. It was uh, something that my dad kept in the, the basement for 35 years. So there's no telling how old that wood was, it was really dry. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something with it. So uh, th that was literally my first from start to finish design and cut on the CNC. I mean, it's definitely simple. It's not perfect, you know, um, but I got to use two different bits and I mean, it was just something fun, you know, it took me 45 minutes and I had a product and, you know, it's not the best thing, but it, I mean, it was something. It's something. Some tight, tight grain on that cherry. I like that. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. that that uh, it's some beautiful cherry. It's really dry, really old. I mean, I think I cut out five trays total, and on the ends, the end grain started blowing out because the wood was so dry. So mm -hmm. out of five attempts, I think I only got three trays out. But I mean, that's uh, those corners are pretty pretty thin to begin with. So yeah. Now now is this the uh, wood that was on the porch? you had the snake problem no no that's a whole that's a different project that i'm working on now that's for a okay. coffee table build yeah i was gonna say if you look in chris's shop and over his shoulder is his that's uh magical <laughs> yeah take Sorry. us over there let us see it chris and my mannequin head is uh laying over there in the corner too uh, beside yeah. the uh yeah it's right there laying down uh-huh max yeah. and you what happens yeah, it shows you what happens when you don't wear proper PPE. Right. Well, he's wearing it. He's wearing my, uh, at one point he had my safety glasses and he had my, uh, my earmuffs on. So that way they were always ready for me at the chop saw when I needed them. Oh, that's hilarious. And then I knocked him over and keep forgetting to grab it. You're right about that. For sure. We don't play around. Mm-mm. Uh, let's see. Oh, I know. So and you also got into turning. Yeah. Yeah. So I had an uncle that gave me a, a lathe. and it's an old craftsman, uh, straight out of the Sears Roebuck catalog. Um, so this was like my first bowl I ever turned. It's not perfect either. Uh, it was a burl that I took off my land while I was building the house. Like one of the trees that I had to cut down to move to build the house, uh, had a beautiful burl on it. So I just cut it down and I left it in the shop for, uh, I don't know, four or five years. And finally I was like, you know, what? let's do something with it. So, it was all punky and had a bunch of holes in it. So this was my first attempt at uh, doing a bowl, but I didn't want it to blow up in my face too. So I, uh, I did the stabilizing resin, which I had never done before. Put in a little vac uh, pressure pot from off of Amazon and uh, stabilize it and then put some total boat epoxy in it and turned it. And, and those are, those are actually really fun projects. I'm not going to lie. They're a blast. No, I'll say that my first bowl looks nothing like that at all. So you should really pat yourself on the back for that. If that's your first bowl, that is not standard to be that nice. Yeah, no. And you can see in the highlights of that, uh, that light up there, I, I could have done a little bit more sanding. Um, but I also did not know that most turners use some circular sanding instead mm -hmm. of just holding the sandpaper, you know, in the same as it rotates. Yeah, I, I could do that better. but. I did go and buy some uh, some sand pads that go on the end of the drill that you can use to to get rid of that stuff. So I did now, learn. Now from YouTube, who is your favorite like Turner to watch? Someone who inspired you to do that? Oh God, there's so many. I don't know. You know, here's the funny thing. I don't know. So I started turning like many baseball bats because it felt like it's the most simple thing to turn. Right? I just mm -hmm. had some wood in the shop and I was like, let me turn a bat. Well, I started turning a bat and then I started talking to people online and you know, um, Gary from Gare Bear, yep. one of Izzy's friends, he, uh, he started turning and I almost feel like in a way I sort of pushed him into turning, but now he's taking all these master classes and turning every day and he's getting so good. And I just love watching him do stuff. You know, I mean, there's a couple YouTube channels that I watch. Um, I, one of the guys names Oliver and Dude, a lot of them are from overseas, like Europe and places. Some yep. of these turnings are just unbelievable. I love it. The, uh, I think the blind wood turner 
oh, is, yeah. is British or from the UK. So, yeah. And I love watching him. If, if, yeah. if I think I can't do something, I watch him. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. You know? Kyle likes to say that uh, follow crisscross crest for all of my redneck project needs. And uh, yeah, that bowl is nice. It really is. It just has a nice look to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have some more to do. I still have a couple pieces of that burl. And I actually started uh, talking with Landon. I want to incorporate the community somewhat in it. So if I can get enough people to follow behind it, I want to come up with a concept and then have people vote on the design. And then once I turn the design, have people vote on the colors of the epoxy or how to, you know, what type of uh, epoxy or fill to do and sort of get the community behind it. So I'm doing the turning, but they're deciding what it's going to look like. So I think that'd be pretty cool. I think we're going to do a voting panel on our website and uh, maybe do one a month, you know, maybe one every two weeks, something like that, just to get some community involvement. And uh, I, I just have a blast with it. It's so much fun. It's relaxing you, to me. You have a CNC now. You can turn bowls on the CNC. I, I know. I know. I was talking to Sammy a while back about uh, that on the CNC. And I, I was like, man, I could, I could just turn baseball bats all day long, you know, but that also takes the fun out of it. I mean, for me, if I have a bad day, if, you, if you're ever watching my feed and I'm wood turning, I either have a project that I have to do or I had a really bad day at work and I just needed to decompress and have some relaxing time. So I go, that's my. That's my escape at the moment. Yeah, I miss I miss I miss having uh, hundreds of pins ready to turn at a, at a bad moment's notice. Yeah, because that that was my out two years ago was just using, you know, the pin. I would I would make up a bunch of blanks, and whenever I was feeling frustrated or couldn't couldn't get a thought to to correct itself in my head on a project I was working on, I just could turn a couple pins. You know, five minutes of just you know blindless, uh, you know turning of the chisels you're you know you're good to yeah. go after the end now i feel like yeah. the odd duck out because i go sand if i got something i gotta think about i just go sand everything gets solved during that process well if you have a bad day come hang out with me you can sand a bunch of stuff <laughs> <laughs> and you can go ahead and finish it while you're there you yeah, can finish well. it too yes um, so let's take a look at some of your collection before we get into more of the uh, maker stuff that you're talking about community-based so uh, the baseball bat you'll see on the upper left-hand corner, uh, some serving trays. There's also a close-up of the bat. This really nice desk. Uh, I just, yeah, that, I mean, for solid wood, that's, that's gorgeous. Yeah, that was a fun project. I really enjoyed that one. And then uh, let's see here, another up close of just that part. Is that a cup holder? Yeah, yeah, it is. I that was before I had my CNC. So I had a, a guy, a buddy of mine, uh, Chris. He uh, CNC'd me a template, and then I just used it uh, with the router and and cut that out so that uh, it's a child's desk, drawing desk, and you know kids are gonna knock stuff over all the time. So I inset their his cup a little bit so that all the pins and markers would be down in there and less likely for him to knock it over. So looks good. Oh, it's it was a, a cool little added thing. Yeah, in miter corners, that's impressive. Yeah, the minor corners were impressive. I I like the simplicity, but the complexity of these serving trays. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I like I like the the metal handles. You know, I'm I'm noticing though that there's a there's a there's a theme here with these. They seem to have a team chamfer going on. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm not really a big fan of roundovers all that much. Oh, you're not. I'm sorry, my my headset went out. Excuse me. 
Oh, did did you not hear what we were talking about? No, nah, it blanked out. It kind of froze up, and you went, and that's all I heard. And you're back now, so carry on. Oh, good. Okay. Well, what else? I'll, well, no, that's you know that happens sometimes. I get that with with yeah. lives. We so don't we'll want to bother the people who've already the, heard it. Ah, yeah, let's go ahead and put that right there, and that way it's done. And you know uh, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna become Team OG. It's, it's just gonna go that route. Oh, yeah, we'll, they have to be different, huh? Team OG. I like Team OG. It sounds good. Oh gosh, yeah, I do like a chamfer though. I mean, Roundover has its place, but it's it's not very much in my work. Oh, that works. And then let's see here. That looks like all of the kind of stuff that you had on your website that I could really pull up and show off. Um, but so talking about community, you have the Maker Co-op shop. Yep. And you put on with what's her name, Chrissy? Christy. Christy. You put on the Maker Collab. Tell me, tell us about the Maker Collab. Yeah, so two years ago for Christmas, I wanted to make something for my sister, and I did not have a CNC, I did not have a laser, but I, I had some beautiful walnut, and I wanted to make some like Christmas ornaments with her logo for her business. And uh, I was like, Chrissy, let's do a collab. Let's just, you know, do something together. So I planed the wood, got it all finished up, and then I sent it to her, and she did it for me. And I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? This was so easy to do, like a collaboration between the two of us. That's how we actually met. I was like, it was so simple. Why don't, why don't we put on a competition for it? And, uh, and so we do. Every year we put on a competition. Uh, we give a theme. Um, it can be uh, like two, two or three. I think we've usually done two Instagram accounts. Um, and we give them a theme and they collaborate on it. They have about two months to complete the project. And, uh, and then the community votes on it. And of course we have sponsors, you know, we have, we had a lot of sponsors this year. We had eight, eight or so sponsors. We've already got a lot of sponsors, you know, that are asking to be in it next year. Um, but it's amazing. It's the, the projects and the community that come out of this is unbelievable. I mean, we have people that are meeting from across the world. Um, we had our first international team from Australia this year and, it is the most fun I have had in a very long time. And it's, it, Christy and I will both tell you, we just love seeing the community get even stronger. Like I said, I mean, it's already a close knit family to begin with, but to add a little competition to it and to encourage people to work together and uh, to go outside of their sort of comfort zone of, again, being in their shop by themselves. Um, it's been a blast. And it was just so funny that we did it the first year and COVID hit, you know, and then we had this past year where we still had lingering of COVID. And even through all that, I mean, the, the community came together. It was just beautiful. I'm trying to find, was it the, it was the Game Boy that won, right? So the first year was the Game Boy. Yep. Okay. Ricky and Andrew uh, did a uh, full, it was a two scale. I don't remember the size increase, but it was a two scale Game Boy. Uh, that actually played and actually worked. And you talk about the craftsmanship in it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, raspberry Pi in it, I think. You know, like it was it was a full-on everything. Wood, oh, electronics, a screen, but functional. It was cool. I'm trying to find yeah, it. Unbelievable. I mean, they did a scroll saw on it. They did laser engraving. I mean, those two guys are just masters at what they do. And it was just an unbelievable project. Unbelievable. And not we did not have one project that was just, you know, just looked like it was thrown together these projects are unbelievable and the time that people take into it and christy and i are still flabbergasted and, and can't believe that people 
take the time out of their daily routine or their maker, you know, projects to do something like this. Um, it's just unbelievable. Well, it may have been due to your uh, promotional video talking about the event. Yeah, we have fun with that those. Was, that was that was uh, yeah. We, we should uh, we should have racked that video uh, montage up, ready to play. I yeah. wasn't that video. I asked him for all kinds of stuff. He gave me some. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know we were going to talk about all that, but um, yeah, it was a blast. I mean, Christy and I have been doing this for two years. We've been friends for almost two years now, and we've never met each other in person. And so we have to collaborate. We have to do these. So we write up a script and we go back and forth. And I mean, it's just so much fun. So if you get a chance, you can go check it out. Um, it's, it's a blast. It's, it, it, there's nothing bad about that whole competition. And the sponsors that we have are unbelievable. They're so gracious and giving us all this stuff to show and, and, and demo for them and, and give to the winners. And it's unbelievable. So this year's going to be a little bit different. We're still going to have a theme and all. I think we're going to decide on doing a couple different prize packs um, for the winners. Um, but we've had uh, both years had about 13, 14 teams. So that's, you know, 28, 30 people that are jumping in on it. And we had, you know, eight to 10,000 people voting on it. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The, the community that came out for it. So it's, it's just so much fun. Yeah. It's really cool to see the different teams and what they come up with. You know, because there wasn't, there was projects that were large scale, like looked like tree houses, and they're like yeah. a princess house or something one year too. Yeah, I'm I mean, horrible remembering the exact details. I'm glad you do, but there's been some cool stuff. Oh yeah, totally unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. And the videos that are coming out, and and you know, there's the the thing that I love the most is that people are meeting other people that have like interests, you know, and that's what it's all about. And every single team challenged themselves. I mean, we talked to people, we did lives with every team this past year that wanted to do a live. And every time I got to ask a question, I was like, what have you learned or what have you done differently? They're like, well, we've never done anything like this. This is a challenge for us. And it just brings joy to us knowing that, that we had the ability to push somebody to that limit uh, to where they challenged themselves. What I enjoy about it too, is that I'm finding out about makers that I didn't know existed. I'm, and I'm, I'll get the names wrong because I did not plan for this part of it, of, of tonight's podcast, but is it midnight maker is the police officer that he yeah. he's the third shifter. And that's when he actually gets to be able to do a lot of things he does is, you know, late night. Yeah. Mike is a, uh, is a police officer. Yep. And his, uh, his partner, that's a funny story with those two guys is that Mike had a CNC but his partner does not have a CNC, but he wanted to contribute. And eventually he wants to have a CNC. So he actually downloaded all of the software and designed the program for Mike to cut on the CNC. So, I mean, he took it to a whole nother level in challenging himself. I mean, he basically learned, I don't know if he learned with Vetric or Aspire or what he used, uh, Carbide Create or something, but I mean, he purchased the software without ever having the CNC. And, and built it, it from there. And you talk about something that's challenging. I mean, it's challenging enough to have with, with the CNC there so you can test it. But I mean, he designed the whole thing and then Mike took it and they didn't have to tweak very much before they were cutting. So I remember when they were talking live, that that was the, that was the, the time difference. Yeah, that was because, a huge difference. Know, yeah, because one's asleep when the other one's awake. So it was, it, that was definitely a, a challenge on the collab, but it was cool to see how that one all came out, so. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is most of the time people 
are meeting others from across the country or even across the world. And so they work on a little bit of a project and mail it to the other one and they work on their project. And, you know, the hard part at the end of it is trying to figure out what teammate gets to keep the final product, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, but we, we, even with COVID and everything going on, we didn't have many teams drop out because of shipping problems and things like that. You thought, you know, if I do a project and I send it and FedEx breaks it, or they, you know, stick it in a truck somewhere and they don't get it delivered for a long time. It really didn't happen with us. It was, it was great. That's because you shipped it with FedEx. That's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy could have learned his software faster if he would have went to learnyourcnc.com. Yeah, Mike, where yeah. you at? Learnyourcnc.com where you can learn Vetric <laughs> in all of its form. That's awesome. Yeah. There we go. So happy go us. So let's see. I'll, I'll do some more videos here because we're getting close to the end, but I think we touched on pretty much everything that you're involved in. Um, if we miss something, by all means, definitely jump in. But let's see here. Uh, I do remember this one. Th- was this the, let me pause it. This was the dado blade set on the radio alarm saw? Yeah, it actually it actually was. So I needed to do half laps. This is actually my uh, the start of my Alfie table that I have for the saw stop. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to do it. To, like, like you were saying earlier, I want to do it right so I don't have to do this again. Um, so I did these big half laps and I, I had this radio arm saw that Landon and I refurbished, uh, picked it up on Facebook marketplace for a hundred bucks. Oh. And, uh, so I was like, you know, this is the fastest way. And so I actually talked to you, Mike, about what data stack to put in it. Um, and so I bought it from Klingspore and, and got it in there. And this thing is a beast. Let me tell you, it'll scare you the first time you touch it. Cause that thing is screaming and wants to come right at your face. Mm-hmm. But once you get a, get a handle on it, I mean. It wastes no time, no time at all. And see, I, I grew up using a radial arm saw. So for me, I, I have a better understanding for it. And I really think there should be more out there because there's a lot of things that they made attachments for, for that machine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at it, you realize all the potential that it has. I mean, you could put, you could put molding router bits on it and spin it upside down and just, you know, spin it backwards. I mean, you can do rips and, uh, you can do everything. Mold. There's a reason there's not a lot of them out there anymore. They're not safe tools. No, they're probably not safe. And you know, I looked at a bunch. I mean, I, this just popped up on Facebook Marketplace one day, and I started searching, and all of the ones I found, none of them had the the guards on top. Like it was just a blade spinning freely. And I was like, no, nah, it's probably guard. not the best idea. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, it came with a guard, but we ain't sure what we did with it. We just uh, took it off. We didn't need that thing. <clears throat> Sounds so, like every table saw I've ever been around. Hey, where's the guard for this? Oh. Yeah. So, but the, speaking of that dust hood earlier, that radio arm saw is fixing to get its own custom dust hood for that because that thing will throw some sawdust everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I got to I gotta try to tame that beast and, and get some suction on that thing. And for those of you who uh, own a um, radial arm or a slide miter, um, just a little quick tip here from people who know blades, get a negative hook blade for that. Uh, it will be a lot safer for you. It, whether if you, if you don't have guards on yours, at least it'll be safer and won't tend to want to jerk and run towards you. That's yeah. right. There's yeah. the pro tip of the day on blades for a radial arm. And we'll also say that it doesn't. It it really the number of teeth is kind of no no longer a big issue. It's not something you really should look at. You should be looking at the rake. Is negative is good for cross cutting, uh, radial arm saw or a compound. 
and then um, just general, you know, if, if the more forward rake it is, the more aggressive it's going to cut towards you. So, yeah, that's usually where a lot of people got hurt was it would just, it would bite and come right at you. Thumbs. Yeah. Remember thumbs being a big issue back in the day. Thumbs. Yeah. yeah I, I, put thumbs. Some, I put some hold downs on it with a T-track so that I could actually hold my piece like that and keep the thumbs away. Because uh, if you've never used one, I mean, that first pull, it'll, it'll shock you because it is that, that blade spinning right towards you and it's wanting to come towards you. So that little hand, uh, hand uh, grip that's on it is actually intended for you to push against it, not pull it towards you. So, yeah. And you try to, you sh I should have the, I should have posted the video of the, the first time I let that dado stack bite into that. I mean, it, uh, it's you scary. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I, I went slowly because I knew that it was going to do it with physics. You sort of understood. But as soon as that tooth grabbed that first one and it wanted to jerk forward about two inches, the dado stack's not intended to move that fast. It's funny. So what you Go ahead, Chris. Oh, so what you're saying is you're not taking a, an inch of cut per pass. No, 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 no. I, I tried the first time. Let me tell you, I tried. And I think I thought I almost broke it. It almost wanted to stop the blade because it ate so fast. Um, but no, you got to back it up and just eat it slowly. But I mean, it'll, it'll make a clean cut and it's accurate too. If you dial it in correctly, it's accurate. It's funny. If you find, if you go into an older wood shop that has one, you'll notice there's a certain stance for a radial arm saw. And it's almost like you, you keep your shoulders locked and you just turn your shoulders in order to use it. Like your arm is always locked. So therefore you're not having to use as many muscles to push back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fun machine. I'd yeah. have another one. See what I we got here. here. Oh, is this the turning jig? It is. Yes. So that's another Izzy special. He walked me through a little bit of that, but I mean that you talk about fun. Now that's fun. I did not have it perfectly balanced. So you could see in the handle of the, the drill, it jiggled a little bit, but that is uh, white Oak at about five inches thick. And I'm cutting it down to a three inch dowel um, basically to, to do that desk build that I had. Uh, again, that's another one of those. I had a need and I had to build something to, to accommodate that need. And so this was the most fun way of doing it. I could have sat there on the lathe and sort of ate away at that white oak, but that table saw blade just eats right through it. It's a lot more fun to do it on the table saw. Once you try that jig, you realize that's just fun. Yeah. And all you have to do is lift one end of that thing and you have a taper just mm -hmm. by the way, you know, physics works. And so that's what I did. It had a, about an inch and a half taper on all those legs for that desk build. It was a blast. That's so awesome that you did it on that. And then yeah. this one here, you had uh, added the TV lift. Yeah. So that was a custom thing for me. This is another one of those I found the need, but I, I didn't want to go the normal route that most people do. So that completely gets rid of any table saw caddy that you would mount to your, um, your uh, fence. I, uh, I built the the Alfie table custom so that I had power to it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just build this new caddy that hides all of the things that I need for the table saw. You know, I don't, I don't need those things all the time. So why have it on the table saw fence in my way when I don't need it? Yep. Um, so I went on Amazon and found a linear actuator, put it in there, um, uh, bought the, uh, the current transformer box or whatever you call it and uh, wired it up and, it's got sensors on it to where once it hits to the top or the bottom, the power gets cut to it. So it won't, you won't drop through the table too far and it won't, you know, be proud of the table either. So 
that was another fun project. Now, did wall control have a particular piece for that size? Because that looked like wall control. Yeah, that was wall control. No, that was one of their standard uh, sizes. I actually built that whole cabinet around how big that wall control was. So they thought that was a pretty cool thing. Nobody had ever really done it like that before. Um, so everybody thought that I was putting a TV in it, which would have not made sense at a table saw. Use watching TV and table saw don't go together. Um, but yeah, I love it. I mean, it's a you have to choose the right linear actuator. I actually tried to build one myself to start with, and then I was like, you know what? Let's just do it the right way. Because again, I don't want to have to tear this table apart if something goes bad. And I can. There is a, a false front behind the table saw to where if something happened i could unscrew the the panel and get to all that yeah um but i mean it it works perfectly it's a little slow in real life obviously in that video i can speed it up so it looks a whole lot better but it's a little slow when it raises and lowers but yeah and cal says this when he started following you is uh, when izzy shared the video on his story so guessing it's the tapered leg one yeah yeah it is um izzy helped me out a lot with that if you don't know izzy i mean he is like the most kind and generous person that i have met in the community you know sometimes when you when you meet your idol you know for uh, or a hero for you know in my case woodworking yeah you know you never know how they're going to be you know just like any celebrity they could be a, a complete butthole when you meet them in person and it changes your thought on them but Izzy's the complete opposite. I mean, you fall in love with this guy every time you talk to him. Um, so he helped me out through that. He told me he was basically just a cheerleader for me. He was like, dude, you got this. I mean, there's, there's no way or that you can fail. If you just, you know, keep playing at it, you're going to do it. And so I called him that night. I was like, dude, I'm about to try this. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens. And I sent him that video. And I, he, t- he said he got emotional because it, it just means a lot for him, just like it does for me when somebody takes your idea, your theory, and create something out of it and to, you know? yeah, tries it and does it on their own makes it something that's theirs too yeah so he he said some nice words about me on his uh stories that night which meant a lot to me you know that not many people will do stuff like that for you so it all comes around full circles how i look at it yeah absolutely and so that's how i try to be when anybody reaches out to me or we're working on projects together and it, there is no competition here you know it's just it's all one for all you know mm-hmm I love it. Always reminds me of your birds in the uh, air compressor. Cause I remember reaching out to you to find out how they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got in that air compressor and I was like, man, there's junk all around that belt. And I was like, you know, I banged on it and nothing was in there and I started taking it apart and there was a bird nest full of like three little baby birds. I was like, crap. So I like <laughs> stuck them, I stuck them back in there and I was like so scared that, you know, the mom wasn't going to come back because I touched them. I mean, literally, they hit the floor. Like, they came all the way out the oh. nest. And I was like, God, I'm going to have to, like, start bottle feeding these baby birds or something. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go, you know, go fishing and get some worms. And uh, luckily, I put them back and they came back. So, yeah, that was my good deed of the day. I, I destroyed their house, but then I built it back for them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's see what this one is real quick here. Oh, is that the same one? Yeah, it's another look at it. Oh, that's real time. That that's basically real time. Yeah, it's a little it's a little slow, but I can see why you didn't put a TV in there because you probably missed the program by the time I got to the top. Yeah, I sure would. Yeah, but I was going to ask I that about that about how, how much how long it took to actually raise up because I know with me a lot of times when I'm reaching for a safety tool like the gripper or you know push stick, 
It's like, oh, crap, I forgot to get that out. Oh, thankfully, it's on top of the fence like everybody else. Yeah. And yeah. then I watch yours, I'm like, man, the guy's a show see, off. Show yeah, off. Show off. That's a good way to put it. A you few see. moments later. Yeah, exactly. I can finish my cut. Yeah, no, it takes a good 45 seconds for it to get all the way to the top. So you do have to think. I mean, that's the one thing I probably do leave out is the push stick all the time. Um, that gripper, though, is amazing. And so I try to... I try to use that as much as possible too. That'll that'll save your fingers. But but everything else, you know, all the tools that you need to change the blades out, you don't need those all the time. You know, yeah. that the angle, the digital angle finder, you don't need that all the time. Um, and I just don't like stuff being all over the place. So there's your maker lab partner yeah. in crime, Oak Hill Millworks. I wonder if she's been here the whole time or she heard me talking bad about her. Her ear was ringing. That's what she said. That's exactly that right. Yeah, didn't say that. Well, we muted the part you were talking bad about her. So oh, like, did you? It would Good. never get back to her. Yeah. We'll we just edit it out later. Yeah, yeah. We just played the video right over top of it while you're yeah. talking. Like, oh, no, he's going to say that. Hold on. All yeah. right. So, and then as a finishing guy, I really enjoyed how you did the baseball bats. How you let the oh, yeah. running finish go right back into almost a vat so you can reuse it. What are you using as your finish again? So, in these videos here, I'm just using straight polyurethane because that's what I had. You know, it's a it's a wipe on poly um, that I just poured in there. Um, I'm gonna use some oils, maybe some Danish oils, things like that, in some of the other ones. Um, but this is what I had in stock, and so that's what I used. Nope, I like that. The uh, obviously the brand of poly is not my favorite, but Chris, yeah. let's see if let's see what Chris if he if he knows what I'm going to recommend. What finish would I recommend if he's looking for something like this? Armor Seal. Okay. I was thinking water locks. Uh, water locks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on how long he's willing to let it dry. The problem with the water locks on vertical surfaces, you may get some, um, you may get a little bit of a streaky thing going on. Maybe. Okay. I could see that. An armor seal would film a lot faster to where you don't have that issue with sagging. Cause that's the only downside with doing a film finish like that with the vertical is that the, the finish itself will eventually start to sag. And like it, so it dries on top, but not underneath. And so then it starts to run underneath the drying film. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. What I like about doing that process is that you're getting the ingrain to pool on top as well as collect at the bottom. So it makes sure that that ingrain is nice and protected. Yeah. yeah. And it works really well. I mean, the polyurethane, it can get really thick, really fast when you dip. So you mm -hmm. definitely have to thin it out as much as you can. Um, and, and I mean, if you can do smaller coats, it works, but. On all those, uh, I just thinned it out a little bit and then dipped it and let them stay. And then once it starts to tack up a little bit, you just I, I just used a uh, stir stick that I had laying around. I just sort of touched the bottom of the baseball bat and it got rid of that little dimple on the bottom. And after that, I mean, you're ready to go. You can lightly sand it and that's it. Yeah, that's a great way to do it, especially if you have the time to dip it and then go do something else. Yeah. You're good to go. Sounds like Nick needs a drying spit. To slow roast. I mean, dry his bats. She's something else. But yeah. So I just want to add definitely, because that was one of the things I remember first seeing was the, the trough to run it back into the bat. Vat. Hey, it's a bat vat. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it, I'm, I'm doing multiple bats at a time, and they only take like 25 minutes. You know, I'm not the best turner, so some people could spit them out in four or five minutes. 
you don't ever just do one. It's probably like your pins, you know, you, you do five mm -hmm. or six at a time. And I got to think of like, how do you, how do you finish a bat without just standing there holding it while it dries? And so this was the best way. And, and it really was just a way for me to hang it up to begin with. And then I was like, well, wait a second, I'm just going to make a huge mess letting this stuff drip. So I might as well reuse it. So it, I mean, that was another, you know, three hour build um, that I could use over and over and over and over again. You know, I just got this image of Mike in my head where he's got his clothesline drawn out in his backyard and he mm -hmm. goes through there and he gets all the bats spinning like he's going to spin plates and he just walks through there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could you could definitely do that too, especially how he finishes so fast, you know? I, I go that. finish, I'm just like very methodical across it and he's just like, shh, done. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done a few little uh, little little posts where I'm uh, sort of poking fun at the master there. Hey, I did that one time too on the, uh, I didn't give it to you tonight, but... Uh, client wanted um the leaves in their dining room table and so i came up with with mike mm -hmm. and he helped me go through all the finishes to match it and all this stuff like that and then i tried to mimic him for there for a second that was i don't fun. i don't know how you spray and hold the camera all at the same time to be honest with you you are a master at that i have no idea it was just one of those things like <laughs> i just picked it up and i'm just kind of i and I, i've told gary this a hundred times he keeps asking me how i do it and i gotta figure out a way to film myself doing that but I just have it like right here. It's like right next to my face. So I'm spraying like that. And it's just right here. Exactly what I would be seeing. So that's the only way I've figured out how to do it. Yeah. Well, I've been yeah. stuck watching those stories for many times. Cause they're sort of like a satisfying thing, you know, he's got, he's got a new thing now for Sunday mornings. He likes the, uh, the, the calming stirring of the liquid. So I do it for him, you know, cause Hey, why not? Cause there was someone that made a comment somewhere on Facebook that was like, you know, it was a troll, but it was like, why do we have to see resin people mixing up the thing? Like we get it. You have to mix it up. Sometimes it's just nice to watch that. Like it's just kind of mesmerizing. Oh yeah. When you get those like white pigments in the bottom of some of those cans, you just start to stir it up. It just looks magical coming through there. Doing a rotary baseball bat live vetric training lesson tomorrow. That's right. Kyle's is what is he really? Yeah. Okay. I got to do that. Got to do that. I got to watch that. Yeah. And that was so, UGM.vetric.com. I can't wait. Then, I'm probably going to get caught at work with a earpiece in my ear walking around with my phone, but oh well. <laughs> and actually, JP makes a comment that I need a helmet cam gimbal. And I did strap a GoPro to my head at one time. And there's a video on my YouTube of, of that where I did nothing but a bunch of chair parts just to show what it looked like. But I just didn't like the view as much as I like holding the camera. The downside is two things. One, if it's a windy day, you'll notice there's not a lot of stories because it's obviously blown back on the camera and that's really hard to clean. Mm -hmm. And then two is the, um, what is it? Oh, lost my train of thought already. Um, some things require a lot of movement like chairs. So the hose gets hooked, caught on something. And I've done a couple as a joke because I was trying to spray and then the hose got caught and I'm like yanking it. And I was like, ah, leave it, throw it in there. So, yeah. I love it. You're definitely the master at finishing. I mean, usually, usually Mike knows when my projects are almost done because I message him about finishing. <laughs> yeah, that's a question. I'm glad to help. I really am because when you came with the leaf thing, I was like, this this will be fun. Yeah, it was knew, a challenge. Yeah, because I knew you were kind of not freaked out by it, but it was not your wheelhouse. No, no, because I was trying to match an Amish like made uh, table, and their stains were 
those stains that like they make their own stains like you can't buy it and so mm-hmm. you had me do a gel stain and all that i don't remember what was it what was this thing called it was like a guy's name like adams Mike, it was michael's cherry or michael's Mohawk. cherry that's right yeah and i was like i I don't know how to do that. This is not like rub stain on and then polyurethane, you know, but he walked me through it and it came out perfect. I mean, I saw that table just a couple of weeks ago, probably. And it looked just as good. I mean, it matched almost perfectly. See, now's 99%. a good time to take a picture of it because now the finish has aged where it's going to be. Yeah. So that really would tell you, because whenever I do something to match, a lot of people are like, well, it doesn't look exact. And it's like, give it three months because when the finish ages, that's where, that's what you're looking for is longevity. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it wasn't exactly perfect the day that we took it. It didn't have that luster, that sheen that the others did. Um, but they were ecstatic. I mean, if you, if you had the big windows open, the curtains open, like you could probably tell it, but you couldn't tell it otherwise. It was, it was I, think, perfect. I think only cause you knew it is why yeah. you could tell it. Yeah, I think it was too. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this to you. Uh, did a great job. The only thing I ask is you'd never open the curtain. That's all. That's the only thing. <laughs> only requirement. If you want me to do it, you can't Let's open the curtain. And on this side, where our back is to the light, that'd be perfect. Yeah, exactly. Well, I stood in front of the window while I showed it to them, so I was cutting the light uh, out myself. Oh, perfect. That's all a about marketing salesman right there. That's yeah. It. No, it was fine. It was perfect. They were happy. You know. They they actually said I it matched a whole lot better than they ever expected. And I was like, you know what? Either you didn't expect a lot from me or I did a good job. <laughs> you did both. You we'll did go with both. option yeah. two. Yeah. Option so. two. But you did you did a good job on it altogether. Cause when you messaged, I was like, okay, let's see if we can do it. And then you got the parts and then you tried a few things. Cause see, you didn't do it the first time. You didn't knock it out of the park the first time. Mm-mm. You had to do it a couple of times. And that was that was I think that was the key was to be able to play with it. Then you got comfortable with it. And then when it was time for the leaf to actually be done, then you already had the jitters out of the way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I took sample pieces that I had from the exact same wood, from the exact same, you know, pieces of, uh, of lumber that I got. And yeah, we just played with it. I mean, I think I had to tweak the gel stain. I had to do it a little differently than, than probably what I should have done. Left it on there for a little while, you know, because I did several different ways. I mean, you know, wipe it on, leave it for a while wipe it off immediately i mean we played with it a lot just to get it there was definitely something missing out of that finishing schedule and i think it was the time frame in which they left it on yeah i remember you are now i remember that because you had wiped it or put it on wiped it right off and it was way too late and it was like well leave it, let it sit for a little while yeah and that gel stain i don't think you're supposed to leave it for too long because then it gels up and then it you know it's it's a mess to mess with but i left it as long as possible and uh it, yeah it worked it came out great I'm glad it did. See, yeah. that's part of the community and coming together. So don't forget to check out Nick at statedwoods.com on Instagram at statedwoods. Check out the Maker Collab. It's going to be Maker Collab 2022. Yes, it will. Starting the uh, beginning of next year, we'll go from February to the end of April. Voting's on in May. So perfect. Yeah. Form some teams and jump on it, and we have a blast. And you can win some great stuff. I mean, there's we had eight sponsors last year. I'm hoping to go for maybe 10 sponsors next year, uh, a couple prize packs. So, I mean, come out. It's fun. It's yeah, it'll be a yeah, lot of fun. So don't forget to check out the Vetric World User Forum that's happening live this weekend, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Starts, tomorrow. starts tomorrow, actually. Seven starts o'clock. tomorrow. We got Kyle yep. Ely who's going to be in there doing his thing. And, of course, um, oh, my gosh, what's his name? Mark Lindsay. We, we wanted him on the show one time and uh, he just doesn't have the scheduling to do it because he had this coming up, but 
Uh, he's definitely one of our other favorites, uh, maker in the metric CNC community. I mean, if you can grow a stash like that, then then you have to have some people like that on. Yeah, you know? yeah, just it's a heck just of a saying. Stash. Yeah, just saying. But no, man, we uh, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we know that uh, you know you were worried that. Well, what am I going to say? I don't. I mean, I'm, listen. This is just like your just like your maker collab. We're just getting in here. We're just chit chatting, talking it up, and you know yeah. we all learn from each other. And if nothing else. Some people learned a new finishing process by using PVC as a trough. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know that the uh, exposed screws may or may not have had any adverse effects to the finish as it was dripping back down in there. <laughs> but hey, you can let us know if you notice any issues with it. Uh, degrading hey, screw anyway. I did actually put silicone over those screws so that ah. everything slid down very nicely. So yeah, I did do that. See, he thought about it. He knew. And there you go. There you go. I didn't want leaks either. What's a trough that has leaked, you know? That's true. (laughs) No, but I appreciate you guys having me on. This has been a blast. And uh, I've learned a lot from your your podcast too. The last two episodes with Kyle, golly, I learned so much from those couple hours. So, yeah, keep it up. Definitely glad. So, um, Kyle says he's not doing it for the Vetric training group. It's probably going to be for his... um, Well, learn your CNC. Yeah, learn your CNC. He's got that Facebook group where he does a live every week. It's the um oh, so that's actually thing. part of the that's part of the learn your CNC too. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell him about Chris real quick? Because that one I, I don't know personally about. Well, he's got the Facebook group that's uh, you know, CNC file uh, help and support. Um, and that's sort of a good group of people where you can just go in there and ask a general question and there's a lot of knowledgeable people that they'll help you with it. Uh, but then he's also got that that learnyourcnc.com. He's got both the um, weekly course where it's sort of a group meet together, a chit chat, and he'll do a file and cover a topic. And then he's also got the master course where you go and actually go through that on your own paces. Uh, the The weekly thing changes week from week. It could be a predetermined thing, or it could be a, a topic that maybe one of the people from either the Facebook group or someone else may have presented, and he's going to cover it as a means of taking care of that, you know, live. So, um, he's, he's got a lot going on that guy. It's uh, you know, it's a good thing. He's smart and young and has a lot of energy. Absolutely. And if you're wondering what that is, that is learn your CNC.com. Not sponsored. <clears throat> Not but, yet. No. I had to find, yeah, no, I had to throw that one in for one last time. No, we see. And that's the other thing is, you know, when we, we, we get some people on here and we, we want to, we want to uh, sort of, support the community and mm-hmm. this is one of the ways we can support the community especially you know um the people who we know are going to do a good job and and are offering a way to give back to the community and kyle does a lot of that so um you know we appreciate him for what he does and his knowledge but uh you know nick we appreciate you coming on man uh we had a blast yeah. and uh you know yeah keep keep us updated on uh you know what's going on with uh, your shop and you know the dream shop of course and We'll uh, hopefully send some more subs and followers your way and they can keep up with you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, you guys are local boys. So hope to get you out here to the shop one day. We can have a, we had a weekend retreat of what not podcast out here. Be a blast. What not podcast what not. live on location at the maker's uh, square at, uh, so maker yeah. Go yeah. Up. Exactly. Pinehurst. You guys are always welcome. <laughs> it, it was bagger Vance that came from Pinehurst, right? I think so. Yeah. We've had some, we've had some, some big names from here. Yeah. 
Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you being here again and original. So uh, we'll go ahead and throw this outro out there uh, to close out the night. But thank you very much for watching. We appreciate everyone out there. Nick, appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Uh, it's been, you've thank been you. one on my list, so I'm glad you came. Thank you. Small and we got a special guest. We got a special guest next week too. So uh, you'll, for those of you watching, you'll want to come back. That's right. We were booked out all the way till October. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get busy for October. Yeah, we we got a we got a cool cat coming on next week. I can give him a hint. She's awesome. Ah, oh, there we go. No, no, I'm sorry. That's that's not her. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. See, I'm I'm so backed up with everything else. Next week is uh, uh, a guy from Amana. There we go. Yeah. No, we got Amana tool. We got a tech coming to talk tools and bits and blades and everything from a technical standpoint. Hopefully, answer a lot of misconceptions out there. Yeah. So get your questions ready. Bring it on. Yeah. Why are you breaking so many bits, Nick? You can ask this guy. Yeah. Well, ask him if. Ask him at what level ones. does the bit need to scream before it breaks, okay? Yeah, I need to know that. I need a, a decibel level chart. Thank you, John. I, I, I did a video on that exact topic on my channel because I got so tired of not knowing, so I ran a sample board with like six or eight uh, of the same bit at this feed rate, this feed rate, this feed rate, this feed rate. Yeah. So you, you test that out. Okay. Well, perfect. Actually, you should give them that file that you have for your particular, the cut and everything that you did, the depth, the width, the rate, the cut. That was actually kind of a cool plaque to have up on the shop. But all right, gentlemen, we got to, we got to cut it. So thank you again. Nick. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thank you. See you guys. Y'all have a great week.